Welcome to Day Zero Update for August 30th, 2020. I'm your host, Chris Logie. I'm Patrick Mithlin. I'm Brandon Perkins. And I'm Dan Victoria. And yeah, we're s- still using this uh, new uh, Discord setup that we started on Let's Weekend. It yep. worked really well. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's uh, it's pretty neat. Then we get to tell uh, Craig to go screw himself anytime we want. Yep. Because uh, he is Just annoying. Keeping abuse on the recording bot. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, yeah, so far it's working pretty well. Uh, as for what we got this week, we have, let's see, we got Nintendo Direct Mini with more interesting stuff than the last time they tried this. Mm-hmm. Uh, we got uh, something of a Gamescom opening night live bit that's, it wasn't really all that interesting. Yeah, what was that? <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah, who knows? We'll maybe figure it out, but uh, yeah, we got a bit of Netflix news on a new show they're working on. Uh some sad news about Sega. Yeah. A thing they're not doing anymore. Uh, uh, but uh, maybe a little bit of news on Nintendo, what they're working on. Uh, some bad stuff going on over at uh, Lab Zero. And we got another update on Epic versus Apple. Uh, but before we get to all that stuff, we'll talk about what we're playing. Uh, as for me, I'm still playing Dark Souls Remastered on Steam. Uh Exploring at this point, I beat the first boss, the the Tauros Demon, which is not not too bad. It takes a couple times, but uh, now I'm kind of at the point where I'm like, I am. I have a, a few different paths to go on, and trying to figure out where they want me to go, and which points are enemies that are just going to kill me pretty quickly. Which I've found a few of those, uh, and that's one of those one of those games where you're not always sure like what. Uh, what guys that look bad are actually bad and which ones are not too bad to face, you know, mm-hmm. all that kind of stuff. But uh, that's been that so far. Uh, I did get a chance to play some Microsoft Flight Simulator uh, after finally getting through the last of the update stuff, which was a whole uh, mess in itself because it's the, the bar just didn't make any sense for the download. It said like 38 or 39 gigs on the side. It's like, oh, okay, that's where my number needs to get to. And it went I, up to the 50s. Mm-hmm. I don't I like, think any of Microsoft's software planners actually accounted for downloads that size. <laughs> yeah, it's it didn't make any sense at all. So I was like, this is a, this is the bar. You know, Microsoft knows about bars. Their Windows is full of it. Uh, and oftentimes they don't make any sense either. So... Mm-hmm. I don't know that I expected should have expected that much out of this, but who knows? Uh, I did get a chance to play something that is fairly recent on Game Pass: New Super Lucky's Tale. Mm. It's the sort of uh, finished version of Super Lucky's Tale, mm-hmm. I would say. Uh, I played the original that came out on Xbox One and uh, found it to be a very bad game, uh, very broken, poor controls, all that kind of stuff. Uh, the only reason even beat it and got all the achievements was to not waste my money that I spent on it. Uh, so this one is kind of the f- uh, a follow-up of sorts. It's kind of the same game, but they've had a chance to kind of go back and fix things and all that kind of stuff, uh, which is uh, which works. So far, I haven't had anything super bad in it yet. Uh, the 2D levels seem to be okay. It's 
kind of just a an okay uh weird little uh means of getting people i guess to pay for a fixed version of the game at least as far as i've seen which is mm-hmm. uh unfortunate uh, they should be asking <laughs> people to pay i don't even know how, what they're charging for it. i can not check that yeah let's see pull up the page i could pay 40 bucks for this thing which is i don't know maybe more than i paid for the original i got paid like 20 bucks for or something like that which that was it better uh yeah there's super lucky's tail i own it so it won't tell me a price uh that's why i didn't buy the dlc either i assume that it comes with super lucky's tail but yeah it's it's a fairly basic 3D platformer. You basically go through each stage and you want to get all the pages of this book that I forget what the story is. Some book gets, important book gets uh, torn up, pages scattered all about, and you, you want yep. to get them in each of the stages. And it's not, it's not a hard game at all. The only time I lost is because literally the frame rate just shit the bed long enough for my character to die and I didn't even see it. Uh, that was the the one time I died. It was Oof. not even really my fault. Because uh, it is very kind of uh, brain-dead easy for... Uh, somebody who's played 3D platforms, platformers for a long time. Uh, I assume it's probably a decent challenge for kids. Uh, but yeah, that's uh, that's the thing. I also kind of just started Hypnospace Outlaw, which is also on Game Pass. Mm-hmm. Uh, which is a very weird and silly... Uh, I think they call it like a 90s internet simulator. Yeah. Uh, very much kind of has that style of uh, like a Netscape browser, but kind of VR-ish, I guess. You're, the whole interface is supposed to put like this headband around your uh, head while you're sleeping that is also attached to the internet, and then you can browse the internet that way. It's weird, but uh, as far as playing it, it's kind of just like browsing an internet browser from the 90s. Uh you know, it doesn't use like the extra buttons on your mouse or uh you can't like highlight text or anything like that. Uh but it is very weird. You're kind of a mod. Uh mm. they call it enforcer and you're like looking around pages finding uh things that break the rules and I think it's called chime law. Mm-hmm. Uh, I forget what the each of the letters means for it, but uh so far I'm at the point where I'm just like learning all the, the tutorial stuff and kind of just looking around. A lot of pages have music to them, like they did in the internet back then. Uh, like GeoCities pages would, and very poorly looking uh, GIFs, and uh, some people just bet it web page design, so there's like text that's covered up by graphics and all that kind of stuff. It's uh, it's a pretty fun nostalgia trip for that kind of stuff, and also very weird. So... Yeah. Uh, that's kind of the the stuff I've been dipping into there, and uh, there's a demo on Steam right now. It's for Tunic. I played a, uh, I didn't play through it because I didn't beat it, but uh, that game is seems pretty cool from what the demo shows. It is kind of a an isometric Zelda, I guess. Mm-hmm. A little bit of Dark Souls to it. There's like a your dodge has stamina to it, so you're kind of only able to do it in quick succession, like four times, I think. Uh, the very first boss, uh, the boss that I fought and got wrecked by, uh, very much was like a Dark Souls boss because he is constantly attacking you. You need to dodge out of the way and get hits in there. 
uh, and kind of manage your stamina and all that. But uh, up to that point, it's kind of very chill. Uh, not too much uh, stress there, but yeah, it, it definitely has a, a good bit of Zelda vibes there as well as uh, some modern like indie aesthetics with like a simple simpler look to it. Uh, kind of 3D look uh, to it that looks pretty nice. Uh, but that has been it for me. How about you, Pat? Well, I'm still at the point where my retro minis are actually my main consoles. Mm-hmm. Um, on the Turbo Graphics side of thing, all the things. Although I'm not doing this on the Turbo Graphics mini because uh, the hack hasn't gone public yet. They haven't. Um, th- there's not a way for the general public to add games to those yet. So I. I've sideloaded them onto my PlayStation Classic. And um, it's been pretty much dominated by a couple of shmups in Final Soldier and Super Raiden. Mm. And those are both an absolute joy to play. I just... When they get a shmup right, um, it's some of the best gaming out there to be had. And uh, these are two just prime examples of of what the genre can be <clears throat> when you have a, when you have the right developers at the helm. And so I'm probably going to be glued to those for a while. And then on the PlayStation side of things, it's a couple of import racing games. Um, mm-hmm. I was playing them last week. I don't have a whole lot to add about them. It's just rally to Europe and side by side special. But other than that, I've been uh, doing some site stuff that I'll be alluding to here shortly. So that's All really right. been it for me. All right. How about you, Brandon? Uh, well, I finished uh, Code Vein earlier this week. Um, so I decided to go and play an actual Soulsborne game, which was Bloodborne. And it's kicking my ass, as usual. But it's Bloodborne, so it's good. And you keep coming back for more abuse <clears throat> because it's just... It's just that good. Um, but I also been using my uh, PS Now subscription to get uh, play some other games to download. So I've also started playing a little game called Greedfall, which, those you don't know, it's basically a European RPG that's um, basically meant to be like the sort of like a throwback to like the original Dragon Age Origins. Um, and it's definitely not as well polished as Bioware games are. And believe me, Bioware game can get kind of glitchy on occasion. Um, the character animations are a little robotic, um, you know, stuff like that. Um, there's a lot of, uh, you know, traveling around in areas, you know, and there's, you know, the day night cycle, all that stuff. Um, Basically, it's sort of like a alternate version of like the Age of Sail. Um, you're a member of a uh, aristocratic family in a place called the Congregation, which is a basically sort of like a sort of like a version of like a like a combination of like a Italy and Great Britain, um, because it's. It's very much like meant to look like Great Britain, but the way it's organized is more like the old Italian city states before you know back when 
it was mostly ruled by like the Medici's and all the various royal fam- uh, noble families and like a coalition instead of like an actual king or anything. Um, then basically you are traveling to this island that is pretty much meant to be like a fantastical version of colonial North America, except that all the natives are basically uh, meant to be vaguely sort of reminiscent of like Celtic tribes, you know, Irish, Scottish, that kind of thing. Um, And you're basically having to sort of keep this balance between like the various powers that are in this new island. There's the congregation, of course, uh, but there's also like the Bridge Alliance, which is a uh, mostly um, is sort of based on a north. Uh, it based basically based around like Eurasia and the Middle East, and it's heavily science and alchemy focused. And visually, they're basically meant to be reminiscent of like the Islamic Golden Age. Um, and then there is the there is the nation of Thaleme, who is basically a theocracy that's meant to be reminiscent of the Catholic Church, except Visually, they're very reminiscent of, like, uh, the Puritans and, you know, the uh, the uh, Anglican Church. Um, all of their, uh, you know, like, you know, they all look very pilgrimy, basically. Except for, like, the bishops and priests who, for some reason, are dressed like conquistadors. Uh, but... Yeah, it, it's it, it's a good game, but it's definitely like not as polished as like a Bioware game would be. It's definitely worth playing, but it can get a little samey here and there. Um, and uh, other than that, uh, I've also been playing Banner Saga. Specifically, I've been playing Banner Saga Two. I finished the first Banner Saga game, which is not easy, and man, do a lot of people die at the end of that one. Um, how long would you say it is? Uh, the first Banner Saga is, uh, depending on how difficult it is, um, you put the difficulty at, it can be anywhere from a couple hours to maybe 10 or 15. Okay. Yeah. I have them, I just haven't started them, I wasn't sure how, yeah. how much of an if it's, if it's easy, If you have it on easy, you can get through it pretty quickly, but if it's hard... You know, it, it it'll take a while. Um, but yeah, okay. that that's what I've been playing. So, Dan Reb, what about you? Dan Reb, you're muted. There you go. Sorry, I, I I keep forgetting that this is a website and not a tab. Um, yeah. Anyway, yeah. Um, I haven't been playing much because um, yeah, I'm just 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 trying to rest. But I did start on um, tell me why. Like mm-hmm. after after three a.m. this morning, because for some reason I just woke up at three a.m. and I was like, "Oh, this finished downloading." So I guess I'll go ahead and start playing it. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, I'm really enjoying it. Uh, so for those those of you who aren't familiar, it's uh, the newest game by Don't Nod. It's an Xbox and uh, PC exclusive available available on Game Pass. So that's, that's how I was able to download it. Um, mm-hmm. And yeah, it's from the same studios that did Life is Strange, a game that uh pretty solid fan of. And yeah, this one's interesting. Um, you play as uh, a twin brother and sister. <clears throat> um, Twist is the brother is, is a trans, so um, his mm-hmm. name is his name is Tyler. His sister's name is um, Allison. And basically, um, just just for the introduction, um, 
Tyler believes he killed his mom because the mom was uh, attacking him. So it was a self-defense thing. And uh, I think he served like 10 years in um, uh, juvie or jail or whatever it was, but was also mm-hmm. in graduate college while his sister wasn't. And uh, he, he uh, goes back home and they pretty much go around the house and check out their old memories. And it turns out, you know, things aren't what they seem as usual with these kinds of games. Mm-hmm. And uh, one of the reasons why like games like Life of Strange is good is aside from the fact that they were pretty much story driven, there's also the supernatural element. So the supernatural mm-hmm. element in this game is uh, the twins' ability to pretty much uh, talk to each other like w- w- without actually physically talking to each other. Like oh. one point where you go under the house as Tyler and um, Allison doesn't doesn't follow you, but um, mm-hmm. when, when he when he thinks um, Allison can hear him, so that's cool. And then another thing is they can go. Um, yeah, when your controller randomly vibrates, you'll see these random sparkles in every room. And mm-hmm. so when you hold on the right trigger, um, you can remember an instance in the past. And the game jumps back and forth between their past as kids and where they are now after college. So, yeah, um, I'm almost done with the first chapter. Um, this is a different kind of game where they actually plan on having um, a chapter every other week. So I look forward to playing this whole game. It's, it's all so far. Mm-hmm. And that's really been it. All right. Oh, all right. So uh, if you didn't hear on Let's Weekend, uh, Pat is going to be uh, less a regular uh, co-host on the show uh, yeah, for Day Zero. So... Tell us about what is going on there and what stuff you have in the works here. So I'm, I feel like the time is right to step away from the day zero update and sort of let, let you guys build it as the centerpiece news show that we would probably ideally be building around for the rest of our podcast lineup. Now that we can greatly expand on it. Yep. Um, In addition to kind of, conceptualizing a new editorial direction for the site, mm-hmm. um, which will be kind of coinciding with these new podcasts. Um, I've sort of opened the floor to the entire staff at large to uh, come to me with their ideas, assemble their teams, and um, just, you know, bring to me whatever it is they want to do. And it it's like I've said in the... I, I said to the staff, the answer to most questions will be yes. So we're just getting that hashed out. The The two projects that I think are the closest to actually turning out episodes right now are Nostalgia Newsstand, which um, Let's Weekend listeners, longtime Let's Weekend listeners will remember as Gamer Mag mm-hmm. Remembrances. Yep. Um, and the the interest has been incredible in doing this show across the staff. So mm-hmm. um, it should be possible to just rotate hosts and get a whole bunch of episodes out. Um, well, not out, but get a whole recorded. bunch of recorded um, yeah. in a fairly short amount of time, just by rotating people in and out based on whatever uh, magazine we're going to be talking about on any given episode. And so that's been, um, that's been really exciting. Um, another one that I'm working on right now with Teresa and Lee is tentatively called Tales from the Trenches. Mm-hmm. And it's basically just going to be the three of us and maybe the occasional guest, um, 
reflecting on various events or, um, or just situations that have played out, um, in gaming or in the gaming media over the years and, um, giving our personal, um, kind of personal experience, personal takes on each of those things. Um, there's going to be a lot of game addict stuff on there. I'm pretty sure there's going to be, um, events, system launches, um, probably some, uh, talking about what it's like driving around in Las Vegas when the birds feel as entitled to the roads as the cars. So, um, so that's going to be a lot of fun. I'm really looking forward to doing that show. And then one that I just kind of put the pitch out for this morning, and I haven't really started assembling a a panel for it yet, but I'm really looking forward to it, is it's going to be called Gamers Without Borders. And just because with this generation in particular, um, region locking is basically no longer a thing. And it, the the pushback against region locking actually started last gen. And not only that, emulation is now more readily available and convenient and user-friendly than it has ever been before. Any semblance of regional restrictions have gone out the window. And so I wanted to launch a show that would kind of open those doors to people who want to maybe explore import gaming, but could get overwhelmed by the sensory overload of just all of these generations of games and thousands of titles that are opening up to the entire world. Um, you know, pretty much all over the span of a few years. And so that's one I'm really looking forward to doing once we can get, um, you know, the rest of the panel um, put together and get some scheduling sorted out. So that one's probably a little further off, but, um, and these are by no means the only shows in the pipeline. These are just the concepts that I think are uh, close enough to fruition to talk about. And so that's what I'm going to be doing with my, my time and energy once I'm no longer um appearing on the day zero update on a weekly basis so i am by no means um going away i'm just i'm definitely going to be showing up here a lot less and for probably uh very specific circumstances but look forward to what's coming because this things are really starting to um to take on the form that i was hoping they would when uh, we first started doing the day zero update and let's weekend almost six years ago. So yeah, that's, um, that's what I'll be doing moving forward. And yeah. So I'm guessing we'll be trying out some things. So if, uh, some of the stuff doesn't become longer term stuff. That's, that's fine. We'll find yeah, the stuff that sticks. And... We're really just throwing shit at the wall right now, but yeah, um, it's going to be a lot of fun. And, I don't see nostalgia newsstand or tales from the trenches going anywhere just because um, the, the staff that's needed for them is in place and they've got enough um, 
concepts behind them to at the very least have very long runs let um if not um if not being an ongoing thing and then gamers without borders is one that i just feel really strongly about but um you know we'll see how the we'll see how the logistics of that one shake out but i'm feeling very hopeful and plus, I'm looking forward to seeing what ideas you guys come to me with, because, I mean, this is definitely a site loaded with ideas. Yeah. So. Yep. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> yeah, we'll see how that stuff goes as we kind of bounce ideas around. Yep. Uh, see all that stuff come to fruition. But, uh, yeah. That is, uh, be excited. It, 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 yeah. It's an exciting time to... To be a Smashpad staffer, it's a, it's an it should be an exciting time to be a Smashpad listener and reader. So yeah, yeah, and yeah. by all means, like for for those of you that you know consume more content, you know you've, you've always wanted to voice in. We're pretty much open to whatever idea you have that you can present to us, and you know as long as it's something that we all have time for, we'd be down to do it. So don't yep. be afraid to add us on Twitter or whatever it may be. I know we have a, we have an email address that we don't check off because we don't really get much mail, but yeah. We're all we're all up in the ears. Mm-hmm. Yep. All right. Yeah. So let's uh, let's get back to the the regular stuff we talk about here. Uh, so, it is a new month coming up here in a couple days, uh, so that means new lineups for uh, PlayStation Plus and games with gold. And uh, PlayStation Plus kind of comes up here uh, with a couple of interesting choices. Uh, there's Player Announced Battlegrounds, uh, one of the the bigger games out there. Uh, for people that, uh, and one of the few battle royales that is not free to play. Yep. Uh, which is still a bit surprising that that hasn't happened yet. But I can literally look on the Steam uh, stat page and see that there is number four, three hundred eighty thousand uh, peak in the last twenty four hours, which is still huge considering that's like the third most uh, peak behind Dota two and. Counter-Strike Global Offensive, so the mm-hmm. the paywall isn't necessarily a huge uh, They're clearly not hindered by it. No. But yeah, they, they continue to evolve that game uh, over time, so that's, uh, that's something some people should definitely check out. Uh, the other game is Street Fighter V. Kind of surprised it took this long. Yeah, uh, kinda. Seems like I could have used this boost maybe like a year or two ago. Oh, yeah. As they were making uh, the yearly content stuff uh, happen uh, as they're going in like what seems like one of their last years Yeah, uh, for this being the focus for them. Yeah, the uh, last year of content is going to be underway basically when Dan drops this yep. fall. And yeah, going through rest- next fall, basically. Yep. All the way uh, up to Capcom Cup 2021. Yeah, with uh, a surprising amount of stuff, considering people assumed that they were done before this. Uh, with, like, just, what, one character come out last year? Two. Something like that? Two? Which is well, less than... Well, no, because Gil, um, Gil was before the end of the year. So, yeah, it was just one. Yeah, so people were like, oh, well, I guess that's kind of it for this game. Uh, when we get in something else. But, uh, yeah, people can finally check it out if they haven't before. Uh, and I guess uh, alongside this, they're doing PS4 tournaments uh, for the game. Yeah. Uh, for Capcom people. Uh, I think it's just the, the PS4 specific ones. Oh, Sony, okay. Sony holds. 
uh, yeah, they got stuff starting up on September 4th through October 3rd. That was kind of the length of this game being up on PlayStation Plus about, uh, but saying, you know, new people can do it uh, as well as uh, vets. That's like a thousand dollar prize pool. So nothing too uh, big, but uh, I guess uh, you also get some bonuses out of this. I'm trying to see where they post this at. It's mentioned on the PS Plus page, where it's like you can get uh, a theme and some other stuff like that. Yeah, cash prizes, unique PS4 theme, and custom game title. Uh, some stuff like that. But uh, yeah, if you haven't checked it out yet, uh, Fall Guys is still available, as well as Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2 Campaign Remastered uh, until Tuesday. And the new games will go up uh, later that day. Uh, pretty solid lineup there. Uh, games with gold. Uh, this month is uh, an interesting selection here. Uh, there's Tom Clancy's The Division, uh, which also feels like a thing that probably should have happened sooner, because two has been out for a good bit, and these are those are games that uh, require a lot of space, like a good seventy gigs or something like that. Yeah. Uh, yeah, like you're probably missing out on some of the community stuff that they did with that first game. I don't know yeah. how many people are still playing it for the I forget what it's even called anymore, the 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 community area where you're kind of facing off against other people for higher end loot kind of stuff. Uh but uh that's available on the first. Uh let's see, the the other game coming out on the sixteenth uh, is the Book of Unwritten Tales two, which is an adventure game. Uh I haven't played too much of it, but I've heard good things about it. Uh, let's see. For the 360 stuff, that is also on Xbox One. Uh, starting on the first is The Blob 2, uh, which is a pretty decent platformer from what I played. Uh, kind of all about color stuff. I don't know if they added the uh, better like color uh, people for people that have the color issues. That kind of stuff, because the the original one I don't believe has anything that lets you like texture stuff so that you know difference between colors. Uh, Mm -hmm. I wonder if they did that with the second one, but uh, the second game is available on the 16th. Is Armed and Dangerous, the original Xbox game, which I think is one of those kind of cult favorites uh, because it's a very silly, kind of silly uh, uh, shooter on the Mm -hmm. Xbox. Uh, where your character can get something like a shark gun. Yep. Where you shoot a shark that's on the land mm. that goes and eats enemies. Like yep. some very ridiculous stuff there. Oh, uh, yeah. But one that never really got past uh, just being like a game that's like a small amount of people liked. Mm-hmm. Uh, which I should probably check that out on Steam at some point. If I don't already own it, I probably already do. That seems like something I would have bought at some point. Yeah, I do. So I'll probably check that out and see what this. Uh, oh my god, I don't know how long how old this game is. Probably, probably like two thousand three, something like that. Uh, but yeah, that's uh, the game's the gold, pretty decent offering right there. Uh, but uh, speaking of PlayStation Plus, we mentioned Fall Guys, and Fall Guys has done incredibly well, uh, better than probably anybody would have ever expected. Uh, out of it, uh, as it's crossed 7 million units sold on Steam. 
that's paid and probably Devolver's easily their biggest game ever. Uh which is kind of crazy. And uh it's also the most downloaded PlayStation Plus game of all time. As well, also uh, a ridiculous stat there because uh, I think with the the tenth anniversary for PlayStation Plus, Sony put out uh, a list of like what the uh, best selling stuff was or the the most downloaded mm-hmm. uh, stuff was, and it was like uh, uh, Call of Duty, Modern Warfare Remastered. Yep. Uh, what else was it? I think it was Sonic Forces was number two. There was like Shadow of the Colossus, the PS4 uh, remake was on there. Mm-hmm. Like big name stuff. Yep. I don't know. I don't know. I could just say it was Sonic Forces, but it's a Sonic game. So, but this game's outdone all of them. Yep. Uh, which is wild. Uh, something I would not have expected ever, but I'm mm-hmm. kind of glad for the devs. Uh, and then the on this tweet, the developer followed up saying, Nina called this two years ago from one of their E3 shows, uh, where the, she's captioned saying, okay, Fall Guys looks sick. It's going to pull in loads of, uh, I'm going to be rich. You know? All right. Uh, the sort of thing the, their like, fake CEO on the show uh, does. Uh, but yeah, that's uh, great news for that studio and uh, good uh, good reasons to keep supporting that for the long term. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, speaking of games coming out here in the, the new future, we hope do well. There's Hitman Three. Uh, finally got a date, January twentieth, twenty twenty one. It'll be free to uh, upgrade to the next gen for people buying mm-hmm. on PS4 or Xbox One. Uh, and they do uh, do a little jab at uh, control. Uh, saying we're creating two editions of Hitman 3, the Standard Edition and the Deluxe Edition. Standard Edition includes the Hitman 3 base game, nice and simple. Deluxe Edition includes the Hitman 3 base game and the Deluxe Pack, again, nice mm-hmm. and simple. The only difference is between the two editions is the Deluxe Pack, which includes Deluxe Escalations, in-game items and suits, as well as digital soundtracks and more. Uh, that is everything that's packed into the Hitman 3 uh, Deluxe Edition. And so, yeah, you get... Uh, Get the upgrade for free. Uh, no real issues with any of the versions, all that kind of stuff. Uh, but yeah, they're starting to talk about the different stages that are in the game, the the maps. Uh, so that is a uh, pretty exciting there. Yeah, that's going to be one of the, the first big games of next year. Mm-hmm. And that's on PS4, PS5, Xbox Series X, Xbox One, Stadia, and Epic Game Store. So yeah, you'll be able to get at that game in a number of ways. Mm-hmm. Uh, speaking of upcoming games, there was a Nintendo Direct Mini. Yeah, uh, with we a, did. a bunch of stuff on it. Uh, we got... Uh, it was sure a thing. Mm-hmm. Yep, uh, a lot better than their first one of these that had like five things on it. Yeah. yeah the thing, it wasn't until this. One, though, is that, like, they, they didn't even tell us the night before. It just happened. It just, they, they yeah. just dropped. Yeah, and it, it felt uh, kind of fillery, too. Um, yeah, a lot of the stuff it seemed to be just a place for these devs to announce and publishers to announce a thing that they're making for everything, uh, which is fine. You can need that uh, at this point uh, for some of these games. But uh, yeah, like the, the last time around, it wasn't really an interesting show until they uh, surprised announced the uh, Shimigami Tensei stuff. 
at the end, then people are like, oh, okay, this is good now. But here we got a got a bunch of interesting stuff to uh, touch on here, like uh, Kingdom Hearts Memories of Melodies. I think it's memory. Yeah, uh, Melody of Memories. Memory or okay. Memories of Melody. One of those. It's it's a Kingdom Hearts game, so the name is. It's uh, a fucking Kingdom Hearts Hard. title. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, that's one that's kind of a follow up to the the Theat Rhythm games, uh, the Final Fantasy uh, Rhythm games. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Kingdom Hearts uh, that is out on PS4, Switch, Xbox One on November 13th. Mm-hmm. And they they did the the thing where they have uh, actual Kingdom Hearts canon story in it too, to force those people to buy it if they want to see what additional wrinkles they can add. I don't think it's going to be much, but hey, I think the Switch version has local eight ma- eight player multiplayer. I don't know how that works, but whatever. Uh, let's see. Yeah, Fuser got uh, a drop of uh, a couple of new songs that are going to be in that game, uh, and uh, a little bit of a taste of the multiplayer stuff. Uh, but that's out fall 2020 on PS4, Switch, Xbox One. Uh, then uh, a bit of a surprise here: Taiko no Tatsujin Rhythm Rhythmic Adventure Pack, which is a port of two 3DS like rhythm RPGs that never came over. So they've like remastered it and put it out on the Switch. Uh, let's see, Winter 2020, uh, which is kind of wild. Uh, I guess it also so it has like story stuff. You're even collecting monsters to mm-hmm. join you in your fights. Uh, that kind of stuff. Uh, it has a bunch of songs in it. I think it's like 130 songs. Uh, six new ones that have been added since the, the release of these original games. Uh, but yeah, you get, get like, two campaigns because it's two different games being combined. You also can just play the songs like a normal Taiko game if you want outside of the story stuff, uh, which that's pretty neat. And I guess they're selling, they're finally selling the uh, the drum controller for this thing now in the West. Mm-hmm. Uh, the last game they released uh, did not have that, so people had to spend like ninety bucks for it uh, to import it. Now it's I think sixty or seventy. So a little bit cheaper, but that's mildly better. Yeah. Yep. Uh, let's see. There's World of Tanks Blitz, which I think is a free-to-play multiplayer tank game. Uh, I think it's out on everything at this point. But uh, if you download it and log in on Switch prior to September 9th, you get a free gift. Uh, T2 Medium Tank, three days of premium account access, and a thousand gold, an exclusive avatar. So. You know, free-to-play stuff. Uh, I think it's 7v7, so it looks like they're not taking it too seriously either because there's, there's a bit with the, them on the moon and your tank just, like, floating in the air uh, and just shooting at uh, other tanks. So, you know. Uh, let's see. There's Big Rumble Boxing, Creed Champions. Uh, this is from the devs of the, the Creed VR boxing game. Mm-hmm. Uh, making something that's a bit more traditional boxing game stuff uh, with various characters from the, the Creed and uh, Rocky series. Mm. I guess, I'm not sure if it's motion controlled or not, but it's out on everything, so I don't think it is requiring that. Yeah, this one actually caught my eye because we don't have a Knockout Kings or a Re-Race Rumble Boxing. So yeah. I don't know if it'll be good or bad, but I'm interested. I love Rocky. so Yeah, that's out in the spring for PS4, Switch, Xbox One, and PC. So that was a nice little thing to see. Uh, there is also a bit of a surprise, but following up on that uh, Mana Collection 
there's the collection of Saga Final Fantasy Legend. Yes. Square Enix is bringing over the Game Boy games. Uh, I guess all there were three of those. Mm-hmm. I guess yep. it was. I only remember the two of them, but uh, those are games that confused people very much back then because they're like, why is this Final Fantasy, but it's not turn-based? What is this? Well, no. Um, the the Saga games were turn-based. Final Fantasy Adventure um, was Seiken Densetsu 1. That was not turn-based. Yeah, I think that was the one I remember. Uh, people were like, how is this Final Fantasy? This doesn't feel Final Fantasy. And yeah. guess what? It wasn't. Nope, it was uh, Saga. Yeah, it was uh, yeah. them using and... a license that was more popular than Saga mm-hmm. was. Yep. Uh, and so creating this weird bit of intertwined history of these two series. Yep. That uh, now you can actually play, and even to the point where you can take off the Joy-Cons and just play it touch version. Mm-hmm. That's uh, holding it like a Game Boy, you would. So, you know, uh, that's how, what, December 15th? So yes, a little bit before Christmas there. Uh, I'm not sure if they have a price for that yet. Now if, uh, we could 20 bucks. Get, now if we could just get a Romancing Saga triple pack. Yeah, get uh, get all those weird little RPGs that got uh, a number of sequels, but then Square Enix decided, uh, we're going to forget about them for 20 years. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, that was like one of the big surprises there. There's Just Dance 2021, November 12th on everything. Uh, but it's also going to be a launch title on PS5 and Xbox Series X whenever that happens. Uh, Puyo Puyo Tetris 2 got announced, which was a surprise. Uh, December yeah, I wasn't 8th, expecting that. Yeah, PS4, Switch, Xbox One, uh, Xbox Series X for that date. PS5 is sometime during the holiday. And Steam is, I think, early 2021. Uh, and that is a, it's a weird way they're pushing this out because it doesn't sound like it has much new other than like a new story mode. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I'm not sure what other new like a new mode I guess called skill battle which has character based skills that can uh, I'm guessing you unleash during the match to flip the flip the tables in your odds so yeah, I don't know what else there is new because I guess they're improving the online mode but mm. uh yeah, that's coming out later this year. Uh, kind of exciting for that. Uh, they talked about Minecraft Dungeons Creeping Winter uh, campaign DLC, mm-hmm. uh, which is more that. It's going to be out on everything, but it's coming out in September. Uh, let's see. Oh, because uh, out now is Jump Force Deluxe Edition. That game's bad, so it's probably still going to mm-hmm. be bad on Switch. Yep. Uh, let's see. Captain Tsubasa, Rise of New Champions. It's also out now, PS4, Switch, and PC. Uh, that is like an arcade soccer game that's goes full anime. Mm-hmm. Uh, to the point of, you know, you can use multiple players to kick the same ball, because that makes it more powerful. Uh, and people like jumping off of others to get uh, up in the air and get more powerful kicks, all that, all that kind of stuff you would expect out of a sports anime. Mm-hmm. Uh, that is out now, and also out now is Final Fantasy Crystal Chronicles Remastered Edition, uh, which is uh, the remake or the remaster of the Game Boy uh, GameCube game. That was like their first return to uh, Nintendo platforms in several years. 
Oh yeah. Uh, yes, yeah, the has... um, there's, there's a huge buyer beware here. Um, so as we know, like back when it was first marketed on the GameCube, it was like, oh yeah, it's Nintendo's first FF game in forever. And uh, yeah, the Metacritic score now is worse than it was how many years ago. And the reason mm-hmm. is because they removed local co-op. Uh, the multiplayer is region locked. Uh, when you when you do multiple multiplayer, only the host gets the quest item. So the, the progression is really bad, and the online doesn't work half the time. So uh, $60 game, be careful. Mm-hmm. Sounds like... Why uh, am I not surprised? That sounds like a Square Enix, uh, you know, 50-50 chance that their uh, remaster of a game, classic game, is uh, bad or good. Yeah. This is saying it's 30 bucks, not 60 mm. but, oh, uh, You can check out a demo for it, so you can... See ahead of time what you're uh, going in for. Uh, I do believe in its favor there is cross-play with the other platforms. So if you need yep. to bring other people in. But uh, yeah, that, that game wasn't necessarily well-regarded back then and still isn't now. So It's mind-boggling because mm-hmm. back then, in order to really maximize your fun with it, you had to have like four Game Boy Advances and four yep. WAN cables, which is you know an insane amount of money. And then here... They don't really do much to improve the experience. So, yeah. Penny Arcade yeah. lambasted it brilliantly. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yep. So, that was the uh, Nintendo Direct Mini. Uh, some neat stuff there uh, for people to check out, some nice surprises and all that. Uh, so, pretty successful. Hopefully, they got uh, some stuff to talk about later in the year. But uh, following up on this was Gamescom opening night live. Mm-hmm. Which was a very confusing show. Because, uh, you know, going into Gamescom, you expect a lot. Uh, announcements and all that kind of stuff. And it felt like largely just trailers to announce very small bits of games. Yeah. Uh, there wasn't too many, like, surprises or uh, anything. Like, people were holding back things for this show. It's like, yeah. oh, here's, we've been teasing this Call of Duty game. And here's a cinematic trailer that shows Ronald Reagan. Yeah. And it's like, okay, I guess. It doesn't really sh- tell you anything like what's new about this game. Mm. Uh, yeah, there's a similar one for... Uh, trying to think. There's a Star Wars Squadron like mm-hmm. uh, story mode trailer. It's like, okay, I guess. But that's you know, that's what a lot of this is. There's a couple of interesting things here, like the surprise of this weird like live action thing that turned out to be Bridge Constructor: The Walking Dead, mm-hmm. uh, which is a neat little thing. I think the uh, they've done a portal portal one portal themed uh, bridge construction game, uh, which was pretty mm. neat. And this one's kind of, well, I guess you're just building these bridges to get the the crew across safely. Yep. Uh, let's see. There was a uh, Doom external uh, Doom Eternal first ca- uh, campaign expansion, but nobody's really seems to be interested in that anymore. Mm. Game kind of came and went, and uh, didn't hit as big as people were expecting. Mm. Uh, Bioware kind of teased Dragon Age. Four? Yeah. 
Kind but, of, being that it was mostly a bunch of like concept art and stuff. Yeah, it's that thing that they've been doing most of this generation, where if they're not ready to actually show a game properly, do this weird behind-the-scenes thing of talking to devs and what they're excited about working on the game. Yeah, they did the thing. same thing with Andromeda, and uh, well, yeah, it's it's like if you don't have anything to show, you don't need to show it. Mm-hmm. Uh, they did confirm like some characters from previous games are coming back, and also kind of highlight just how much COVID is like making this all weird for them because yeah, they're recording from their home, that kind of stuff. So I was like, this wasn't really a necessary trailer. You guys just could have kept working on it until you had like actual gameplay or whatever to show or a name. Yeah. So assume it's Dragon Age 4, but who knows? Mm. Uh, let's see. Yeah, There's not really too much here. There was 12 minutes. I think that was one of the bigger surprises. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's an Annapurna game. Uh, time loop. Hence the 12 minutes. Uh, and it has uh, three big names, and it's uh, for the cast: Daisy Ridley, James McAvoy, and Willem Dafoe. Uh, mm. Yeah, it's a time loop game where like, it's centered around this guy who uh, is relieving the same twelve minutes over and over again, trying to figure out how to break out of it. But uh, it has a lot of because it's not uh, a small; it's a small amount of time. There's a lot of good variety in it. Uh, so yeah, that's that's like one of the the things people came out as like, oh, that's that's pretty cool. Uh, let's see what else is here. Yeah, Fall Guys. So there are two things that Jeff Keighley kept hyping up as like the the things to keep you watching, which was the Fall Guys sneak peek for season two, mm-hmm. and the the Ratchet and Clank uh, gameplay. Mm. Uh, for the Fall Guys one, uh, it was kind of a, a teaser of their next season. Uh, it is going to be medieval themed. Uh, so they had a few rounds to show off that were for that. Uh, some stuff that's our new game types and some that are kind of here's the, the egg scramble thing, but in this more elaborate uh, uh, stage. Some yeah. stuff like that. And of course, the the shitty part of the community is like, oh, these are just reskins. Like, no, they're not, you idiots. Mm. They're literally completely different stages. But it's the same people that when they lose on a on a stage, they're like, oh, this needs to be deleted because it's bad. Mm-hmm. Just stupid people, but uh, then they also showed Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart uh, demo uh, of it. A good like seven minutes. That's just kind of the the best we saw from the PS5 showcase. That uh, just the whole thing instead of a couple clips of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, still looks great, but it's also like eh, that's just more of that beginning sequence. Mm. We still want to know what's up with uh, the female Lombacks and. Uh, all that, but the the nice thing mm-hmm. they did add to it was saying, "Hey, this is a launch window title," mm. which uh, oh. I'm assuming means it'll be out early 2021. Yeah, uh, versus being out like November or December. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that's uh, that's a nice surprise. I would assume that would be like next fall kind of game. Uh, but that'll be out a lot sooner. And uh, Insomniac will pull out pull off a crazy thing, getting two games. Out within like six months of the console's launch, mm-hmm. which is not something people usually do. Uh, but yeah, that was kind of the games comp thing, kind of a boring show, mm-hmm. especially if you're tuning in just for one of those two things. 
And like, yeah. oh, they're at the very end. Oh, great job. Uh, they also had weird awards show up. It's like, what? what is this? Yeah, what Who's was? Of this? Nobody knew. Yeah, I hear, it, like, it made no sense as to where it even came from, so it was weird. Yeah, I guess they're like IGN, like Gamescom show awards, but yeah. they did not give that context at any point. They just randomly showed up. Like, oh, the best PS4 game is uh, a cyberpunk. And like, what? How did this? What? What's going on? I don't know. But uh, also one of the the weird bits that was like this little trailer about Turrican that did not mention anything about what was going on. I assumed it was going to be like a remaster, but uh, they eventually kind of announced that it is uh, Turrican Anthology Volume 1 and 2. Yeah. It seems to be Europe only at the moment. Uh, but, yeah, Turkin Anthology... I wouldn't mind seeing come back, though. Yeah. yeah. Turkin Anthology Volume 1 includes the Amiga versions of Turkin 1 and 2. Oh, wow. Uh, yeah. Super NES, uh, Super Turkin, and its director's cut. And the the Mega Drive, Mega Turkin score attack. Mm-hmm. That's uh, 35 euros, I think, uh, for that one. Both of them are the same price. Uh, two has Amiga's Turrican 3, uh, Mega Drive's Mega Turrican and its director's cut, plus the Super Nintendo Super Turrican 2, and Super mm-hmm. Turrican 1 score attack. And also I have collector's editions and ultra collector's <laughs> editions that are 100 euros and 200 euros. Oh my god! Mm-hmm. Yeah. This is made, This is being made by like one of those limited print run companies mm-hmm. uh, that are putting it out, so... Uh, be like the Clark's Edition has a special box, uh, reversible posters, art books, sticker sheets, soundtrack, signed postcard, a Blu-ray documentary, acrylic cards, and uh, switch copies of the games and a pin. The Ultra One includes a statue, a diorama. What else is here? Soundtrack, CDs. What else is new here? Transparent coasters that are like uh, floppy disks. So. They're throwing in a bunch of stuff in there. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know if they're worth the price, uh, but I assume. I will for... say that the the standard editions certainly are. That's a that's a lot of great gaming in there. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. So those are for PS4 and Switch, at least in Europe right now. Uh, I'm yeah. not sure what the um, date is on this. I maybe. actually have I actually have that press release, and it says that the regular ones are priced at thirty five euro or thirty four. Comma nine nine euros, but the problem is there are thirty five hundred copies worldwide, so mm-hmm. that would be rare as shit. Um, yeah, but yeah, and it's going through strictly limited games, so I uh, don't know if they have a date for when they're going to start offering it, but that's at least what they're going with, and it doesn't really preclude them from putting them out digitally. But I don't think they gave any information on that either. It's a very mm-hmm. very weird announcement, but. Uh, good news for people that are excited about those games. Uh, but yeah, that's uh, that's kind of all the the new like uh, show stuff for this week. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we do have one bit of a surprise here: The Witcher Monster Slayer. Yep. Uh, Teresa was looking for a way into The Witcher, and this might be the one for her. Yeah, because it's basically Witcher's version of Pokemon Go. <laughs> yeah. Though okay, instead of uh, collecting the monsters, you're killing them. Yep. Naturally. Uh, mm-hmm. yeah. And the way with The Witcher, you're kind of also uh, coming up with uh, oils and 
uh, herbs and all that stuff as you prepare for that fight. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can't just go in just swinging a sword and whatnot. Uh, also, not too much information here, so I don't even know like what the combat is. It kind of looks like you're just swinging a sword and doing your spells and all that. Mm. But yeah, you have like your oh, it's overlaid over your uh, city and surrounding you know streets and all that stuff. I mm-hmm. uh, probably see monsters around, and you go walk up to them, click on them or whatever to start the fights, and just get like trophies for beating them, that kind of stuff. Uh, you know, Witcher stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, I think it's iOS, Android. They say it's going to be f- uh, coming soon. It's free to play, all that stuff. Uh, AR combat, so it'd be weird having monsters pop up while you're at like Walmart or whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, but hey. It's any way of adapting that stuff for the the Witcher, not just be like, oh, it's a monster collecting game. Mm-hmm. Cause that wouldn't necessarily fit the uh, the world so much. Mm. Maybe there are cards, but who knows? Yeah, that was one of the the more interesting things. Uh, yeah, Netflix uh, doing a lot of uh, game stuff of late. I think the mm-hmm. Dragon's Dogma uh, series is coming out here pretty soon. Yeah, and they're currently working on uh, season two of The Witcher. Which yeah. technically isn't based on the games, it's based on the books, but that's neither yeah. here nor there. Yeah, and uh, they confirmed that they're working on a live-action Resident Evil series. Uh, let's see. Yeah, they gave a little bit of description. When the Whisker, Wesker kids move to New Raccoon City, the secrets they uncover might just be the end of everything. Yep. Resident Evil, a new live-action series based on Capcom's legendary survival horror franchise is coming to Netflix. Uh... Yeah, eight one-hour episodes. Uh, the head writers uh, worked on Supernatural, Andrew mm-hmm. Dab. Uh, Bronwyn Hughes is directing the first two episodes, who worked on Breaking Bad, Better mm-hmm. Call Saul, and Burn Notice. And yeah, not really too much else out of that, so it seems like still fairly early on that. Mm. Uh, but hey, that's kind of neat to see what mm-hmm. they do with that. And as not tied to uh, Paul Anderson. And Mila Jovovich. Yeah. At least hopefully not. God, I hope not. Those are fun for what they were. Uh, very popcorny flicks, but... Mm-hmm. Uh, let's talk about something that's uh, a little bit sad. Sega is ending Sega Ages. Oh. Uh, Sega's want to do. They started a cool initiative and then ended before they do all the cool stuff they could. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, especially with their old games here. Uh, but they, uh, M2 is saying they're still working on some stuff. Uh, let's see. It says, I, along with Sega's own uh, Rieko Kodama and Kagase Shimomura, currently hard at work on our next project at this point in time. Unfortunately, I can't tell you whether or not M2 will be involved. If this makes you think, oh, then they're definitely doing something with M2. I hope we can live up to your expectations. Uh-huh. So yeah, the they're still working on the Switch as their primary platform, but they have other titles that they want to bring to modern audiences. Uh, so yeah, not really too much there, but that's yeah, it's unfortunate. Mm. But hopefully they that was a brilliant line of games. Yeah, it was. Yeah, it just kind of took too long to get the mounts uh, for what they what they could also work on. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that's uh. That's Sega Ages. Hopefully, M2 has some more cool stuff in the works there. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, but speaking of the Switch, we got reports here this week that there is a upgraded Switch coming out early next year. Uh-huh. Uh, which is not really too surprising. Nintendo likes to do that with their portables. Uh, the the There's not really too many details, really. It's just that it's going to be upgraded. Uh, it's coming out maybe early 2021. Uh, let's see, the quote is, the Kyoto-based company has looked into including more computing power and potentially 4K high-definition graphics. So that'd be weird. They go from a console that can barely do two, uh, 1080 mm-hmm. to, hey, it can do 4K now. But yeah, that potentially also comes with this. Is like they That's why we, they haven't had any uh, major releases coming or announced for the near future, which maybe could be the thing, but who knows? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so hey, maybe the Switch uh, gets some uh, new life blood next year. Be a shame if all they have for the rest of the year is just uh, Pikmin Three. Yeah, that would be a great uh, thing to leave uh, at least the this current line of Switch games on for them. Uh, let's see. Oh yeah, Lab Zero. Yeah, I I, I to take a take more of a believe it when I see it approach. Um, yeah, yeah. They they they, they do um, iterate on their portables fairly often, but as we've seen with the normal with the with the standard Switch, like it's not really slowing down, so they don't really have to at this point. Um, yeah. And uh, yeah, the, like then the main thing that makes me a little eerie is the fact that um, this has been reported by Bloomberg. And they've done that before. Yeah. Like I'm, like I'm not saying they're not legit, but they also have the power to raise or lower um, your stock value at any at any point. And mm-hmm. I think this, this this could be like one such example. Um, you are right, though. I mean, like if if they're going into holiday season with just Pikmin, that's not a whole lot. Granted, Animal Crossing is probably going to end up being the best selling game of the generation, but uh, yeah, yeah. So we'll see. But I I don't know. Like there's there, there's a lot of rumors about the Mario thing, which I'm pretty inclined to believe, but we'll see. Yeah. It's one of those things yeah. of there's like rumors for things, but they're not talking about anything really. Yeah, pretty much. Which that's is the kind of thing kind that of... fuels these kind of rumors as well. It's like, yeah, oh, it's true. Well, it must explain it because they're not saying anything about what they're working on. Mm-hmm. And they're uh, running out of time to announce something too. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's the thing they keep saying. Oh, you know, COVID 19, it's making it hard to get stuff done. It's like, yeah, but you guys had a lot of stuff in the like a lot of irons in the fire before this was going on. So it'd be kind of wild if that's just caused them delays on everything, mm-hmm. like to the degree that like they have nothing coming out the second half of this year, but you know, of remaster of mm-hmm. a game. Yeah, like we can we can talk about COVID nineteen affecting things. Like I totally get it; it is true. But at the same time. They were able to release that uh, that that jump rope game and Paper Mario, so it's not like they aren't doing anything. Either. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, and it's it's like so. Beforehand, you guys were basically not close to finishing anything else, but those like couple of things that seems a bit odd for the way Nintendo usually uh, gets releases out there because they usually spread them out pretty well, uh, so they can kind of hit every quarter at least one or two things. This is looking at like the second half of this year might just have one game, and that's that's uh that's generally not how Nintendo even does in their worst quarters, mm-hmm. in the worst uh, yeah. years. 
this was a comment that I forgot to make when we were talking about the uh, mini direct, but I feel like that thing came out of nowhere in such a way that none of that really needed to be in, in its own direct. I feel like Nintendo of America is just waiting for Japan to get shit done, and in, in the meantime, they're just twiddling their thumbs, helping third parties out. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. Uh, I know that some of us thought it was a little more interesting than the last one, but I thought the last one was bigger because Shinigami Tensei is a more is a more needle pushing announcement than the Final Fantasy one, but mm-hmm. Yeah, but I think they also had a bunch of uh stuff in it more so than like the like the last one just yeah, having true. five things. Yeah, this, mm-hmm. this one didn't have the uh WWE Battlegrounds, so Yeah. Which got pushed at uh the games come opening night live. It did. <laughs> mm-hmm. Like, hey, we got the announcing team from Raw. Yay, that's that'll sell you, right? Uh, uh, yeah, I don't think they necessarily know what to do with that game. The awkward, polite thumbs up. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we're in a weird point for Nintendo, and hopefully, at some point, they are able to break out of it. So I don't know if it's like them wanting to have like, you know. A handful of things to talk about versus just, uh, you know, dropping you know one thing here and there, which is kind of how yeah. they did Pikmin and uh, Paper Mario, which is like a uh, random tweet showed up saying, "Hey, exactly. this is what we're working on." I mean, like if 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 the Mario thing is real and they announce Pokemon Snap for this year, that's it. They're they're good. So yeah, I don't know. Problem is, we're in September and we have no clue if that's actually true or not. Uh, that's kind of uh, you typically don't announce your fall lineup during the fall. Exactly. So kind of how E3 was, was like, hey, here's stuff coming out later this year. Uh, mm-hmm. And then your Gamescom and TGS are kind of like, here's like stuff like at the very end of the year, but also first half of next year. And Super Nintendo was kind of the one that didn't really take advantage of uh, the spreading out of new stuff. Uh, to get like their future plans in the works, which kind of fuels the notion that that upgraded Switch is uh, why they're not doing too much in the way of releases this the rest of this year. Like they're holding it back, which that's not really. I don't. Nintendo's not really done that too much. Mm-hmm. Like the not this gen. Yeah, like the new 3DS, they had a couple things, but that was also stuff they weren't necessarily holding back on. Yeah, I was going to say that for like <clears throat> for their their second or third iterations for current portables, like there isn't much exclusive content for it because you you, yeah. you divide your audience by doing that. It's weird. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like oh, there's we can do Super Nintendo games now. The extra power. It's like we're like what? <laughs> Since when we can do this? Uh, uh, the homebrew stuff that has that in it. Uh, yeah, it's it's Nintendo's been weird with this stuff so. Can I just have to wait and see if the the rumors are true, or if maybe they finally show up and say like, "Here's like four things we got this fall," and it's like, "Okay." But uh, yeah, let's get uh, here to the the more controversial part of the show. And by uh, controversial, left- we mean we hate all of we hate all of these people. Just yeah, yeah. There's a uh, Lab Zero made the news because uh, most of the developers left. Yep, because they could not just deal with the fact that their CEO is just a complete asshole. And yeah, Mike Z, who has been kind of the head of the studio, and uh, for I assume its entire existence, but he's well known in the fighting game community. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, and I'm guessing not very well. 
Um, well, I wouldn't say that he wasn't very well known, but... I mean, he's not very well liked. Oh. Um, I don't know. Impressions up until this point have, at least from my perspective, been pretty neutral. Mm, okay. Like, he, um, he was just regarded as just another dude who happened to be a game developer and um, ended up making some important contributions to online fighting games. But um, as far as, you know, anything beyond simply being socially awkward, um, at least I haven't been privy to anything. So Okay, um, so yeah, the... The whole thing with Lab Zero here is that uh, they've had a lot of talented developers, especially artists, uh, for the games, and pretty much the entire rank and file at this point. Yeah, and mm-hmm. the there was a plan at some point uh, later this year for uh, Mike Z to essentially uh, uh, make uh, the whole uh, studio a worker-owned company, mm-hmm. everybody like a fair share of the company. Oh, a co-op. Uh, yeah, I'd be yeah, cool with that. Kind of thing. Like that. And time came to actually do it, and then he went, nah, we're not doing that. So they decided but, to just tell him to go screw himself. Well, they kind of started talking to each other and realizing the like little harassment things, uh, inappropriate comments and such that uh, uh, they had with him that they thought was just that, just the thing that they got with out of him was actually mm-hmm. a pretty common occurrence for most of the the women and guys uh, at the studio. Just him being an asshole or mm-hmm. being harassing to them, making lewd comments and uh, abusive at times, that kind of stuff was more of a common occurrence. And they kind of brought it up to him. Uh, he did not take it well, told him you have until the end of the month uh, of August to uh, get the hell out. And most of them said, yep, yeah, we're out. All right. Uh, just great for them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they let Mike uh, fester in his own hellhole. Yeah. So, yeah, with that news of everybody leaving uh, Lab Zero, uh, if you didn't know, Skullgirls is not owned by Lab Zero. And that was uh, a surprise to me. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. uh, owned by Autumn Games, who owns the IP. Is uh, I guess uh, along with them, they have a mobile developer for the series called Hidden Variable Studios. Uh, they were this joint statement backing the former Lab Zero employees, uh, saying Autumn Games and Hidden Variable Studios fully support those employees who have chosen to stand by their principles and leave in light of Zymon's behavior. Uh, and we find their allegations to be credible as such mm-hmm. effective immediately. We will no longer be working with Mike Zymont or Lab Zero Games, mm. uh, which is definitely a big uh, fuck you move there. Yep. Uh, it's basically saying, uh, let's see here. Yeah, they continue to produce Skullgirls content with the help of former Lab Zero employees, uh, a group that includes uh, most of the noteworthy people mm-hmm. uh, working uh, remotely in like a, a freelancer context, I think, at, at the moment. Uh, they say, we are currently sorting out the logistics of how this will manifest, regardless. What form the relationship takes, we are committed to working with them to generate new Skullgirls content and to provide financial support to help them land on their feet. It's kind of being like, yeah, fuck you, Mike Z. We'll still work with the people that you ran off. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, because we value them more than you did. 
Uh, it seems like a fitting end for uh, Lab Zero, I guess. Mm-hmm. Stupid games, stupid prizes. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, you bet them, you dare them all to leave, and they left. And now you're the one without uh, any of the work you were supposedly going to have. Yep. And so that is kind of how uh, Lab Zero's ending up at this point. Who knows what the next step is for him, but uh, at least for now. One. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But yeah, at this point, uh, it's basically a big fuck you to Mike C. Yep. And yeah, we uh, we teased uh, another continuation of the Epic versus Apple thing. Yeah. Uh, the the battle of giant dick corporations. Mm-hmm. Uh, here and uh, yeah, so Epic had sued Apple for pulling their uh, Unreal Engine uh, accounts. <laughs> uh, tried to get a temporary injunction on that, and they were granted that. Uh, they were not uh, granted their request to have Fortnite reinstated. Uh, but uh, for the Unreal Engine, at least, they will be able to continue working on that and supporting other developers and such for that. Uh, as the the judge said here, potential significant damage to both the Unreal Engine platform itself, to the gaming industry general, generally, including on both third-party developers and gamers, faced by Apple's actions against Unreal, a point that was debated in yesterday's hearing. Uh, elsewhere in the decision, she wrote, Apple is hard-pressed to dispute that even if Epic Games succeeded on the merits, it could be too late uh, to save all the projects by third-party developers relying on the engine that were shelved while support was unavailable. Apple's chosen yeah. to act severely. By doing so, has impacted non-parties and a third-party developer ecosystem. Uh, but yeah, as for Fortnite, uh, Fortnite players are passionate uh, supporters of the game and eagerly anticipate its return to iOS platform. Uh, the court further recognizes that during these time, these COVID times, uh, Virtual escapes may assist in connecting people and providing a space that's otherwise unavailable. However, the showing is not sufficient sufficient to conclude that these considerations outweigh the general public interest, requiring private parties to adhere to their contractual agreements or resolving mm-hmm. business disputes through normal, albeit expedited, proceedings. Uh, she also added, this is an interesting part, while the court anticipates experts will opine that Apple's 30% take is anti-competitive, the court doubts that an expert suggest a 0% alternative. Likelihood of Epic ultimately prevailing was one of the factors in determining whether or not to grant the temporary restraining order. Mm. And yeah, the temporary restraining order is effective immediately and will remain in force until the court issues an order on the motion for preliminary injunction. Uh, and that hearing is set for September 28th. So he's granted a reprieve for about another month. Uh, for that stuff, and sort of in response to this, Apple then just suspended the, the Epic Games dev account instead. So that, you know, their work on Fortnite's, uh, I forget what else they've worked on mobile, uh, but yeah, they're not going to be able to work on it anymore. At least yeah. until they decide they are going to revert, uh, revert uh, back to the previous version of Fortnite that had uh, exclusively using uh, Apple payments. So yeah, that's... Uh, Kind of where they're at right now, and mm-hmm. the, fun. all that is fine because don't really care who wins in this fight. Not that really. One no. of the douchiest things that ever happened. Yeah. What's even, and it makes it especially douchey when you realize that Epic like created this whole like 
advertising campaign behind all of it. Like, yeah. Tied to a, a very famous ad that I imagine there's a large portion of the Fortnite audience that has no clue nope. what that is referencing. Because mm. that was a, a big ad campaign from the 80s. Early 80s, 1984 yeah. specifically. Yeah, and a Super Bowl added at that. Oh, yeah. So it was the uh, it was the release of the Apple's first, I believe, was the first Macintosh. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. yeah, and it's meant to reference George Orwell's 1984. Yeah, uh, what was released- the what was the like thing they were rebelling against? Was it like IBM at uh, that point? Because Windows wasn't big at that point. Yeah, I think, it, I think was. it was either. Yeah, it was. I think it was IBM. Okay. Yeah, I was trying to think what that was. It's like it wasn't Windows because Windows wasn't really big until like the late '80s, early '90s. Yeah. Uh, and Apple wasn't that big of a company outside of like the the microcomputer kind of space for games mm-hmm. stuff. But yeah, that's uh, that's a very specific era that that happened. But yeah, that's yeah. uh. That is uh, the conclusion of the Epic versus Apple uh, legal uh, smack fight for now. Mm. Yeah, it was the uh, Macintosh 128K. That was the one that was releasing. Yeah. 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 So, yeah, that's uh, kind of that little thing as people devote way too much time to obsessing over this fight. Mm hmm. Because your phones are going to be just fine without uh, Epic doing, uh, putting out the one thing they do right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, that is uh, that is it. That's it for the show this week. Mm. Uh, we'll be back next week as we finally reach August or September. Mm-hmm. Jeez. Uh, and the fall starts. I think Mad is out now. Uh, and people are complaining about that. Mm-hmm. As a probably should. I don't know. Mm. I need to download the the trial from I guess EA Play now. They changed that name. <laughs> oh jeez. That's not confusing at all. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like the same exact look as the shows they were doing, yep. the same logo for that. Exactly. So I was like I was like, Oh, they renamed it EA Play and I was like, wait, what? So they're just gonna do the shows like through the app or something? Mm-hmm. If they have shows anymore? They don't really have that much to talk about at this point. Uh, but yeah, that is uh, that is it for this show. Uh, I'm your host, Chris Sologi, and I'd like to thank uh, Patrick Mifflin, Brandon Perkins, and Dan Victoria for joining us this week. Uh, hopefully in the next couple of weeks here, we'll have some uh, some more people joining. Yeah, uh, I've had a little bit of uh, trouble with that stuff for the, the past little bit. Uh, but we'll see how that goes. Mm-hmm. It's, it's a shit show trying to get anything done regularly at this point mm-hmm. for most people out here. Uh, but yeah, we'll be back next week. Hopefully the fresh load of uh, uh, good news and interesting stuff to talk about. Mm-hmm. Uh, thank you everybody for tuning in. Uh, we'll see you next week and uh, fuck you, Craig. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>